0: Welcome back to Higher Special, everyone, the podcast that today does not have a lengthy introduction, although we are all about you finding your dream career, because today is a special episode which we reserve to talk about what makes us tick as people, our values that we inspire you or aspire to inspire you to unleash dialogue about, talk about at work with your friends, with your peers, because today is world earth day 2022 everybody a day where i think we should all sit down and cherish uh, the water that comes from our taps if we are so fortunate the fresh air if we have it that we breathe and just the grass under our feet now today with us on the show is the uniquely skilled alexis air who wears many hats so let me just quickly grab my notepad she is the founder of green air a sustainable marketing consultancy that helps companies embed sustainability into their marketing function from branding and strategy right through to tactics and governance. She is also the co-founder of the Future Blue podcast, the co-founder of Sestineers Consultants, a sustainable marketing advisor for Just One Tree uh, and Junior Offshore Group, an ambassador for Planet Warrior. The list goes on. Alex is here to talk to us about What we can do as people, but specifically as employees, to help guide uh, our companies, our employers, uh, to greater corporate social responsibility, corporate environmental responsibility, even though we might not be 100% sure about what it actually is that they can do. It all starts with opening our mouths and speaking up about the things that we care about. Without further ado, hit that funky beat. Actually, let's omit that and jump straight into it. Let's go get it. We've got Alexis in the virtual studio. I couldn't be more thrilled to have you with us today, as per usual, although this is a special episode. uh, We always ask our guests to introduce themselves, really, and give us their elevator pitch, Um, normally up a tall building, because... 30 seconds really does not suffice to encompass all that which you are. So you're in the UK. I don't know too many of the tall buildings in it. We've been up the Shard in London a couple of times. So why don't we pick that? Up the Shard you go. Who are you?
1: <laughs> um, yes, okay. <laughs> Thanks for that intro and lovely to be here. Um, my name's Alexis Air. Um, I am a sustainable marketing consultant. Um, and I help companies actually ensure that their marketing as a function is sustainable. Um, so looking into the operations, how do you reduce the carbon footprint and waste within your um marketing? I mean, that's one, that's two areas and and then we look at the brain print. So, how can your company, everything that your company says and does, how do we ensure that it actually depicts a positive, clean lifestyle, and you're actually saying the right things to drive mass change? And I also, um, I also project manage uh, big projects um, from startups to global with uh, a group of sustainability consultants called the Sustainers Consultants, and we take companies through the sustainability transition. So we we, make, we help them, their companies become sustainable.
0: I think that's awesome. I particularly love how you qualified all of what you said with the word basically, because there's nothing basic about it. <laughs> um, but you gave us the key word for the, the theme of today's episode, because um, if you are listening to this live on the day that it actually came out today is uh, Earth Day 2022, which is a, a day that I think we must all pay homage to um around the globe because it's one of those moments you know normally soccer is what is uniting people across the world i would much rather it be the earth that we walk on and the water that we swim in and the air that we breathe um and alexis actually came on the show today to talk about all things sustainability and Going with our normal theme on this podcast, which is what you, the audience member, can actually do within the places that you work in order to push your companies and your employers forward to towards um, greater corporate uh, environmental sustainability, I want to say. But let's hop straight into the tricky questions, shall we? Because Nikki and I always advocate, as I said, for you out there becoming advocates for the causes that you feel strongly about. because. We all care about something, right? And it's about time that we gave voice to this sense of responsibility for something greater than ourselves. But the tricky bit is always where to speak up. And we want to say everywhere. But especially the places that we work in have the power to affect change on a scale much greater than what we can accomplish ourselves. And... So, Alexis, what is your perspective on corporate environmental responsibility? Where do you place the role of companies and employers alongside civil society or government's roles in mitigating environmental decline?
1: Oh, I think business has such a monumental, monumental um, role to play in this, and I think At the moment, it's so focused on shareholder capitalism, um, Mm. you know, and and the people that benefit the most are employees, but then ultimately the shareholders of that company as well. So the people at the very top, I think at the moment, CSR, corporate social responsibility um, is very much a siloed perspective. It sits out on the side of the business and it kind of is dropped when times are hard and then it's picked up again. Whereas actually a company becoming sustainable means that um, it's intrinsic to the, the core company strategy. And I mm. think I think sustainability also is very much based around, you know, it's not just environmental, it's societal as well. It's ensuring that, you know, you you are supporting people regardless of their gender or their race or you know anything else, that you are You know, you're giving everyone the opportunity to work for your company. Um, The products and services you produce are adapted to everyone, not just particular people that you're really sort of bearing that in mind. I think. Businesses. Can really have a massive perspective, and I I talk a lot about shared value, um, which is all around how when you're creating products and services. How are you creating them that not only you're benefiting as a company because you might be getting profit back from them, mm. but actually they are, you know, like the public are benefiting from those products because you're generally creating something that helps helps them. Um, and I think I just wish more companies would go down the sort of more shared value route where it's, you know, it's it's not just about your company making profit; it's also like your company dependent, you know. Mm making a better society and planet around it as well
0: um yeah which is very much the kind the we, we spoke about this just before we started to record this episode which is very much the people planet and profit sort of interface and i think what has become especially in the recent in the, the past couple of weeks become quite evident is that how quickly um either because there is an actual resource scarcity or because trade routes are being blocked um you know, through the pandemic then the war in Ukraine how quickly industry and business can be hit by this. I uh, saw something on YouTube the other day where somebody wanted to just build a small sort of timber shed in their yard and they couldn't afford the the wood anymore. Or um, friends of mine wanted to buy their son a a new MacBook a couple of, uh, last year for Christmas, and they had to wait for it for three months. Cars at the moment, two year wait if you want to have a new build. So when we talk about environmental sustainability, which would be the the the, the planet part of the PPP, <laughs> I know, lovely, right? Um, <laughs> we also we also have to talk about the sustainability of operations and the sustainability of employment. So it's no longer sort of a nice to have just to garner. Uh, shareholder goodwill but if you want as a company that has any kind of production um, element or electricity need as most of us do these days to run our computers you have to think about your contribution on environmental sustainability which in turn will render itself to more sustainability in your operations right
1: yes no absolutely i mean the um the thing that I I always find the most fascinating fact is the overshoot day, um, which I don't know if you've ever covered on this before, but it's the amount of resources different countries use and actually um, our planet's ability to regenerate those resources. Mm -hmm. Um, And the UK, as an example, I think it's like May the 19th this year, it's leapt forward like another three weeks. So May the 19th, we will have used up our entire planet's worth of resources already and we cannot regenerate it more. So we're basically using like over two earth's worth of resources every single year. Mm. Um, and it's just, it, that's, you know, huge perspective. And so I think like, if you're not starting to think, and this is the real thing, like business doesn't exist if we don't have the resources, yeah. um, you know, we d- it, it just doesn't. I mean, what are we going to eat if, if our planet can't physically regenerate enough food for us? And so mm. that's, that is the kind of perspective where it, it really does get real, is that it's the resource element, I think. But, you know, I think the Ukrainian thing is really highlighting um, mm. Ukrainian war right now. is um, our dependence, regardless of where we are, on resources.
0: Yeah, which is also... And normally, we don't curse much on this show, but this is also where shit gets real for everybody <laughs> and especially for you out there listening because we're talking about food security and while the wealthier nations will always will be able to import for longer and artificially pull more out of a particular patch of soil uh, there are many mouths to feed on this planet and the more the climate deteriorates, and you must have seen this in the news, the more dry patches exist, the more um, non-arable land suddenly comes into existence, the more drought we're going to have, people will move. People will move and we will have to share a much smaller surface the, of the planet, which would be such a waste because there's just so much to enjoy in terms of livable habitat at the moment. And when you talk about we've um, used up so our Earth uh, in May, I don't know, May when was it?
1: So, so I think it's May the 19th. I'd have to check that. May um, the 19th. And that's for the UK. So that's, uh, that, it will right. vary from country to country. But if you look up Earth Overshoot Day, it has the, um, the, the sort of infographic that shows you by country when, mm. when your country is likely to overshoot. It which means. is an
0: interesting concept, right? Because people out there listening might be thinking, but then what, I mean, we have like grazed the entire earth. What I think it means is it means that we have used up that, which can be replenished in the same cycle naturally without artificial um, intervention. What bothers me about earth overshoot day is they have And this is where things start to become even more complex when you talk about environmental sustainability and what you can do as a person. We'll get back on track in a second, dear audience member, as to what you can do at your place of employment and what companies can do. But it also, it has to do with waste. And I find that is just such a harrowing indictment about the state of affairs because world hunger... Poverty. And if you just look at the fishing uh, fishing industry, I think the current numbers of the EU fleet are that about 60 to 70% of all fish that is being extracted from the ocean never sees a plate. Either because the warehousing is too poor, the transportation routes are too long, or because the North Sea shrimp is being peeled in Morocco and is then shipped back to northern Germany, for example, as fresh fresh North Sea shrimp. And it just gets thrown away. And you're thinking, we're overfishing, and the oceans are dying, and people are going hungry, and I'm thinking, but what the hell is happening? Uh, anything to add before we go to the next question? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I- <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, food waste really gets on me. I mean, well, food waste and clothing, I think they are just two Mm -hmm. monumental areas that I think, you know, the everyday person could really jump on board. So a third, I mean, I didn't realise that, uh, the horrificness around the fish area, but a third of all food produced, it it doesn't even end up on your plate. Um, And that could be a really easy one as a personal element, but also from a company perspective, is how do you reduce food waste? Mm -hmm. you know how how you you know can you find recipes there's so many amazing chefs out there you know like jamie oliver's absolutely adamant about helping people work out what the hell they do with a half a tin of baked beans that they haven't thought about you know that they were thinking Mm. of throwing away or half a loaf of bread or something like that so if you're not sure what to do with leftover food and you're seeing that looming you know um sell by date coming in uh, just to have a look online there's so much inspiration yeah. about what you can do with food and 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 also as i said with companies as well if you know if you've got milk in the fridge at work and it's and it's coming to the end why don't you just do a shout out to everyone and say does anyone want some milk to take home because it's going out of date today i mean it's those kind of they're really small things but they are actually can all if everyone started latching onto those kind of elements it would mm. really really help
0: um Yeah, which is it's quite tricky. I mean, if if the last five minutes have been have been telling us anything is that it's really complex, and it's really complicated. And we haven't even spoken about geographical scales. So what's happening in your neighborhood, what's happening in your district, in your country, in your your continent. Um, It's a complex thing. But there's some really easy things that all of us can do to just be uh, mindful and pay attention to it. People are taking care of you know, what lotion they put on their face. Now, so much skincare, so much skincare. I have too much lotion, you know? And it's something very finely selected. We pay attention to what we buy and what we wear. Um, Why not also pay attention to what we eat and what we throw out? It really doesn't tap that much of our resources. However, back on track, I think. So spurring companies into action can be a really tricky thing. We've we've addressed a couple of these points already, you know, because the first and foremost purpose is to make money for their employees for themselves for their shareholders for business continuity and i myself work with companies on their reputation management and a large proportion of that is nowadays derived of environmental and social stewardship so you know are they doing good by their global employees are they being good on their supply chain what do they do with um, do they use recyclable, upcyclable packaging? Do they have a, a scheme in place where, for example, Nespresso, at least here in Switzerland, you can bring your used capsules, just put them into your letterbox and they have a deal with the local post um, services that brings them to a recycling facility. You know, Because a scandal in your supply chain can really dissuade consumers from buying your stuff and from investors from investing. So the reward for good behavior um, is that others get to know about it. That's what I do. But what is your take on this, Alexis? What motivates companies to actually do their part, like you mentioned, and clean up their act as much as, po- as possible in their space because there are no magical solutions here? And where, and this is the tricky bit, where does authentic action stop and where does greenwashing begin?
1: Gosh, so much to unpack there. Um, why take a company, I'll, st- I'll start with the first one why companies starting to act or, or what's sort of driving that? I think there's actually loads of different elements. I think, you know, as you alluded to earlier, there are starting to be issues with supply chain issues um, with getting uh, resources up to make your products, which is causing delays, which is causing customers to turn away and go elsewhere. So that's one element. It's like people are starting to work out that actually we need to make more resilient supply chains. That's a pure, just, you know, business, you know, good business way of thinking about, about things. I think also, as well, you know, especially the younger generations want to work for businesses that are generally doing good. Like, that's mm. the general consensus. It's something I, I don't know the exact stats off the top of my head, but it's something like 70% of people under the age of 25 now mm. actively look at what a business is doing, you know, to help the planet, to help people, or whatever else. So, if you want to be attractive to the future, and I, I won't name any brands, but I do know a couple of brands already, like, Big global brands that are really struggling to attract younger talent mm-hmm. at the moment because they have not got, you know, everything in place and they haven't gone further enough with their sustainability targets. Um, I think also in the future it's just going to make you resilient. It to to you know the, the Ukrainian war is just one example. I think we're going to have many more. The pandemic was another. I mean, you think just even in the last two years we've had a pandemic and the Ukrainian war. And think about how many companies are already struggling. And you know, there are going to be many more of those things, especially as we get more weather systems coming through where there will Mm. be problems. So I think by creating a business that becomes more resilient, actually, just makes plain business sense. I mean, I always say this to people, I was like, there's the wonderful altruistic element of it, in you know, it's better for the planet and everything else, but there's also just pure business sense behind it. Actually, you you are helping your business survive for the future. In terms of um, what was the second question?
0: <laughs> I know, I know. I I love in, uh, in 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 German. It's called a Schachtel question. So it's almost like a like a like a Russian a nest. It's like a Russian nesting doll. So there's a question, a question, a question. Um, I wanted to see. We've, we've covered business incentivize to incentivize businesses you've mentioned one element here which is actually employees talent attraction and retention we're going to talk about that um, next so good answer so far the next thing is uh, where does authentic action and transformation towards greater sustainability and stewardship in businesses stop and where does greenwashing begin and i'm going to throw in a third one do we care or not
1: um, I think, firstly, most greenwashing comes out. I'm sure of it from a marketing team that do not understand sustainability, mm. and also not having a close relationship between the sustainability team and the marketing team. So you have this complete disconnect. And so, what's coming over is you're getting this message coming from the sustainability team, going, "You can now talk about the fact that we are have got some biodegradable packaging or something like that." the marketing team don't understand what biodegradable packaging actually is. (laughs) They don't really know what context it sits against. And so what happens is you have these marketing teams blurting out about biodegradable packaging. And then we find out that actually they've just considered the idea. They are trialing it for 1%, you know, 1% of the products. And actually the, you know, the other 99% is still very much, you know, whatever that packaging is. And I think, My biggest advice to really stop that from happening is first of all, get the marketing teams and sustainability teams actually working together on this so that there is questions going back and forth. Check the CMA greenwashing code. It's absolutely brilliant. It's quite a hefty document, but they have got reduced versions of it, which clearly state how you are communicating and what you can and can't communicate, you know, in terms of. Falling in the greenwashing camp or not, and finally, if you are a marketing person, start educating yourself on sustainability. And there's a wonderful um, website called the Sustainable Marketing Manifesto, and you can basically it, you have you have to sign a pledge that you, as a marketing person, will. Um, you have to gain 100 points in order to, to increase your knowledge. And basically what they do is they send you loads of resources and each one is stacked 5 points, mm. 10 points, however many. And it, it, it basically you have to stack up to 100 points, which basically gives you the core knowledge or you know, basic knowledge or awareness of what sustainability is. And I think then if you're a marketing person, you will be able to understand or start to understand what can and can't be said. And and the reason behind it, I think until that's fundamentally fixed, we are going to see so much greenwashing. And I don't, and as I said, I don't think most of it is deliberate. I think it's just a complete lack of awareness and understanding. But I actually also think that regardless of any function that you sit in, uh, having a knowledge of sustainability is going to become core to every single function. You know, every single function that you fall into will have an element of sustainability in it in the future. So mm. the sooner you can get on board with that and start burying your nose in some sustainability topics, um, the better. Really, like it is, it is going to become core.
0: Which is why it's such a, which is why I think it's such a marvelous and fun topic. We had an episode that we did last year with um, Sutan Shusaronbala, who was um, leading. Uh, an ivory band campaign for the WWF in Singapore at the time. Like a brilliant, brilliant piece of marketing. It was so sneaky and so fun and so well-designed. Um, because I think a lot of people think it's a, it's a dire subject matter. It's dire, it's sad, it's tragic, the planet is burning, the ocean is getting more acidic. But actually, it's a wonderful sort of thing that can run adjacent to your to your core education. And you see, there's a lot of demand out there for the job mar- on the job market at the moment for ESG finance people, yeah. environmental, social governance, marketing people, environmental, social governance lawyers. You know, it's just it's an emerging job market, which to a certain extent might be hype and actually quite shallow because the fewest of us actually do have this proper education. But just from a purely tactical standpoint, it's not a bad thing to have on your CV, as we're talking about the higher career mm-hmm. podcast. Um, it's not a bad thing to have and no. before we go you also gave us a great segue into thank you for the recommendations by the way anything that alexis mentioned in terms of further reading um or the uh, the sustainable marketing manifesto i'll link all of that down in the show notes so whatever podcast player you're using there should be a little arrow next to the episode that will pull up a bit more blurb that i'm obviously artfully crafting but also some useful information <laughs> such as what alexis just mentioned. Um, so the future of the job market is its place. And so it's your future, really. And as you mentioned, I think every function, no matter what you do, you will have to have a rudimentary understanding of this. And it doesn't mean that you have to become the biggest expert. What it what you need to be able to do, and you need to enable yourself, because I think the formal education system is still lacking a little bit, uh, so university, is to know enough To be able to summon a level of skepticism and a level of criticism. It's also going to make your job much more fun because it will allow you to break out of this mold that has been created for you in your job description. And you can say, but where is the sustainability team in this conversation? Do we know enough to make this call? I think that's where really also job works starts to become fun again. So loving all of this. And which brings me to my next question for you, um, Alexis, because you mentioned that. You mentioned that employees are another aspect that really can and will incentivize companies um, to live up to the values that they all promise in their glossy reports. Because my generation and the generations that are coming after want to work in places that resonate with their values and companies that don't care are more and more struggling to attract um, and keep, which is another thing, people leave um, the best talent. So, I believe that there's a lot of power in this and power that we can and must all leverage and be aware of um, to guide our employers and demand action. But the issue is, and we touched on this just now, how could we ever have the nerve and the audacity to speak up about something? We as just an employee and to boot, what do we know about the business um, that we work in about its operational complexity, about its supply chains, about its stressors, and how can we demand something, um, the context of which we don't fully understand. So to your mind, is employee activism effective to help guide industry towards a greener future? And how do we speak up about something we don't fully grasp without making ourselves look like fools?
1: Absolutely, it's a great question. I think, um, I mean... Anyone can do it, regardless of size of the company. You can you can do? I think the bigger the company, um, if if you're in a, I'll start with okay. If you're in small companies, it's much easier to go. Mm-hmm. You should be able, if you're in a small company. So I used to work in an agency, and it you know, and I started by just approaching the CEO because you know there was only thirty, what forty of us in the company, so it's quite mm-hmm. easier to just to go right to the top and go. Whatever it is that you believe, just going, can we do something about this? You know, or uh, it's easier if you've got someone in senior leadership that's on your side. um, Mm -hmm. You know, and just start broaching that around. You know, we really need to be doing something. If you have, if you have support or backup or evidence for why you should be going down that route, it's a really good one to take with you. You know, like articles showing transition within the industry or. Mm challenges that other companies are starting to come up against it just i've always believe uh, and i use this on my linkedin a lot that using credible sources with valid evidence really helps your cause because if you feel like you don't know enough but this article maybe from a you know really credible newspaper source or something like that does you have instant backup from a really credible source and that gives you so much more credibility for why you're coming to them to start with. I think also, and this is part from the sustainability projects that we run, when you do internal questionnaires, it is amazing how many people are really pumped by this and want to do something. So Mm. actually, you're in a slightly big company, It can be in a small company as well, but if you're in a slightly big company, Start finding who those people are because I can guarantee that even within your team, you will probably have 70% of your team wanting to do something but don't know where to start. Mm. And it's and was it something like 20,000 employees at Amazon wrote to Jeff Bessel saying, What you're doing is not enough. I mean, my God, when you're starting to corral that kind, I mean, those are in the mega companies, but it really shows the power of employee activism. And, and companies are starting to get scared of it because. You know, they they don't look very good if they've got that sort of corralling coming from the inside. Mm. So I think, firstly, don't think that just because you are one individual within a company, you can't make a difference. Um, The other aspect as well is even if you feel you can't change an entire company, you could absolutely start challenging your own function. So, again, it's only because I work in marketing to some extent, but I, you know, I would say... Okay, fine, I might not be able to impact an entire company, but what can I as a marketing department or or as a marketing person do to make my own function better in whatever Mm -hmm. state it is? So when I'm choosing suppliers, you know, if I'm looking for a creative agency to work for, you know, even just starting to go, is is this creative agency generally doing the right thing? You know, are they are they trying to to be a better business? And if not, then we'll use another one, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think, I think there are so many different levels at which you can have an impact, but I I would say even just starting with your function is a great place to start and start challenging the narrative with your bosses or, you know, other team members around what decisions you can do is in your own function.
0: (sighs) You know, I'm just going to let that roll over me for a second because it's great. I took a couple of notes, which is very <laughs> much unlike me, but um, because the, I wanted to touch on a couple of points before I give you the big wham-bam question at the end of this episode. Um, I think one element that you mentioned is the complexity of of the people, planet and profit axis and how to address it on a local or regional or global scale can be such a paralyzing factor for many that we eventually decide to do nothing because what can we do in the face of this mountain there was this youtube video of this guy that sort of fell to earth and put snakes on his boots and i'll link that down in the show notes as well <laughs> and everything is on fire and it's just um it shows the overwhelming terror that we that some of us might be feeling in our hearts but start small and start with something make a conversation happen because you'd never quite know what it's going to snowball into we wouldn't be in this situation if the answers were easy and there are experts out there doing the expert work which you don't have to be read do what feels right figure out if maybe you can replace um, the plastic cups at the water dispenser in your local company with glasses and ask if the kitchen might be able to wash them for you it's small stuff like this or just banish them completely and ask people to bring a flask you know it's it's small little things that i think can help us all start and it's quite bizarre because you will think that in a company especially that has a sustainability department uh which some of you know are blessed with some others are not you would think oh my god the brains the brains they're the experts they do the stuff Big organizations have a tendency to, as the whole of the organization, actually sort of lose IQ points. It's quite interesting because any brain is only as good as the connective tissue that allows information to travel. So if you are not the brain cell that decides on the expertise, be the connector. You know, help things sort of stay in motion and be fluid. I think this is something that we can all do. And this is communication. This is dialogue. I think
1: also on top of that, actually, I think... um If you, if you, as you said, if you are lucky enough to have a sustainability team, it doesn't mean they understand sustainability in every single function down to the level that you will need. Like that's the other thing; they are generalists. They'll be looking at the entire company and looking at particular areas. Whereas actually, where you can really shine and, as you said, become a connector, is like actually looking into your own function because there's so many movements in every function now mm, around yeah. how to make your particular function more sustainable. And that's where you can really help them is go to that sustainability team and go, because actually I was talking to a sustainability personnel there, and they had no idea that marketing could even be sustainable. They didn't even see it as a problem that needed fixing, mm. um, you know, and they are specialists in this area.
0: I know, which is the weirdest, but which is also just everybody is allowed to not have all of the answers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: just because you don't have them, it doesn't, an imperfect solution is still better than nothing. I feel like in a lot of the strive for for transformation towards a greener future, a lot of us falter because we make, you know, perfect be the enemy of good. And this is a process. It's a move. It's going to take time. There's no quick wins here. Mm -hmm. So just take the step and don't worry so much about whether it's the perfect one or not. And from a career standpoint, the rewards will come because companies, especially that the, or if even if it's a small agency, they're busy. They're busy. They've got payroll to do. They've got people to fire. They've got people to rehire. If you're making, it's true. If you are making their jobs easier by providing in-house solutions you will eventually also come into the spotlight just from a pure career development um, perspective, because we talk about that all the time as well. Make their lives easier. Bring solutions, especially if they're not intrusive, like the small stuff um, we, we spoke about. You know, there's all these award schemes out there in companies. I don't think that the awards and rewards for employee action, to whether it's on the environmental axis or the social axis, will go unnoticed for much longer. So get ready. Because you will be paid back at some point, either in recognition or money or promotions. So, <laughs> this is—I think this is all great. You also—you mentioned supplier um, uh, accountability as the marketing function. I think this is the next big thing. Honestly, mm-hmm. talking to companies that might be listening, I think the next—you know—green award, the next whatever you are going for for your reputation management to to make you uh, make yourself to to communicate about your achievements holding your suppliers accountable I think is the next big thing and making Mm. these choices and looking beyond your own backyard, I think this is where it's at. On to the big million dollar question which again might be a Russian nesting dog question. What did I say? Double, triple, quadruple question. (laughs) With all the action that we see globally and ESG, SDGs, CSR, CER and all of these terms being slung about like rice at a wedding, how are we still in this mess, and where are we still in this mess? Are things getting worse? Are things getting better? Tell us, Alexis. What does your magic crystal ball tell you about the future?
1: I feel really hopeful. I I think just I think all that's happening right now, and it's much like the digital transformation period when we first started out on digital. It was probably very similar with the industrial revolution. Mm. It's just a really tumultuous time where everyone's going. What the hell's happening? And all these people are doing these, having these wonderful initiatives, but there's no unification whatsoever, Mm. you know? And so we have ESG and SDG and everything else, and they're all amazing in their own right. To some extent, ESG is a bit, well, anyway, there's a whole element around that. (laughs) But, you know, they, I, I think what's starting to happen, and you're already seeing this in the sustainable reporting thing, is that, Some of the big bodies are starting to converge together, which will make it so much easier for everyone because then we'll have a global reporting standard rather than about five. Mm. Because I think at the moment, like coming to a client again at the moment, is we're like, well, you could use this reporting method or you could use this one. Like, we really don't care. Just tell us what we need, you know, for X, Y, and Z. And so I just think don't get scared by it. I think. See it as a hugely positive thing that there are so many initiatives out there. It might be confusing navigating them and mm-hmm. absolutely try and, you know, um, possibly get your head around what each one is offering or anything else. But I wouldn't be scared by it because I think actually what's happening is a really good thing. I just think the next five, 10 years is going to be like this. This is going to be, we're going to be up in the air for quite a while. Um, mm. Trying to trying to trying to navigate our landscape and work out what it is, and I think the really exciting thing is that because it's getting bigger and bigger, more and more brains are coming into into it, and therefore you know it's becoming more and more powerful. There are more and more ideas. There are more and more you know like people being challenged on what's exist, you know what's been done to date, and couldn't we have done it completely differently? Um, And and you're seeing that everywhere because you know examples are that you're getting people in. Supply chain management, as an example, or I don't know, it could be anything, but supply chain management, as an example, who've known nothing about sustainability, suddenly started to understand sustainability and gone, but why are they suggesting that? That doesn't even make sense. Like, actually, you know, this actually would be a much better idea. Mm. And, you know, it's really exciting because the more brains we have working towards this, I think the more powerful it will be and the quicker we'll get to the solutions. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm positive about it, but I, I can completely appreciate why people are a bit like, oh my God, <laughs> like, where do I even start and what do I need to know about? Um,
0: yes. No, fair enough. But I, I'm hopeful too. And what also, because when I started on my quest towards saving the world, which I'm still on and I'm still looking for the solution, I don't know where the magic button is, but we'll get there. Okay. Um, Is it? It just it feels so overwhelming, and it feels like you have to shoulder all of this responsibility yourself, and it's crushing. And you're not allowed to make mistakes. You know, God forbid you accidentally buy a plastic bottle in the supermarket because you were thirsty. You know, you're fraud, Mm. you're hypocrite, and you're not. You're not. You know, there's there's there are forces at work that are trying to do good, and I think what we as you know average Joe, Jane, or undecided um, can do is just do our best, be vocal about it. Also be vocal about what we don't know because even asking questions can stimulate somebody else to find the right solutions, the right answers. We've come to the end of our time together, but my mind is completely blown. What I always say, and I actually mean it, when I edit these episodes, I actually really enjoy listening to them again um, because this was such a marvelous conversation. I just want to say thank you very much for your time, especially on this short notice. And I want to wish everybody out the happy Earth Day. Go outside if you can, touch a tree, you know, enjoy the fresh air. um, If there's any fresh air around you, unless otherwise jump onto your bike and go find it because the earth is a splendid place. So let's try and preserve it. This was uh, Alexis Air, everybody. Thank you so much for being on the show with us.
1: No, thank you for having me. It's been brilliant.
0: This was the incomparable Alexis Air, everybody. What a World Earth Day 2022. I'm so happy that we had her on the show and could kick things back into gear. I myself am still amazed and utterly enchanted by what Alexis shared with us in an admittedly short 30 watt minutes. But what a ride it's been. And I hope that you all learned something from it, that you all found similar passion in your hearts to dig into the causes that you believe in and vocalize them, verbalize them, dialogue about them, invite people into them, wherever you are, but specifically at the places where you work. Uh, With that, we wish you a marvelous rest of your day, and as per usual, let's go get it.